This podcast is sponsored big time by the Union Street in Berwick, Nova Scotia. Nestled in the gorgeous Annapolis Valley, the Union Street stands out as a legendary venue and restaurant to its community and travelers alike. I think it's the best live sound of any venue for your money in Nova Scotia. Incredible place to see a band or a solo artist or even stand-up comedy. What? Throw in some great food with locally sourced ingredients and a beautiful history of being family-run by lovely people. The Union Street is for everybody. Come to the Annapolis Valley. Come to the Union Street. Hey, why not even come to one of our live recordings there? What the what? This place has it all. See you there. the Friendly Heckler Podcast. This is a live recorded podcast recorded in the lovely Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia. We get all sorts of amazing musicians coming through here, probably because of how beautiful it is, or maybe it's them apples we got. I'm the host of this here podcast, and I get to wrangle some of those amazing musicians down for a conversation here on stage in the Annapolis Valley. Okay, if you haven't listened to our first two episodes, please, please check them out. Ryan Stanley and Mary Beth Cardi are the first two guests we had, and we had a giddy old time. So far, we're getting listens from all over the world, and it's it's nuts. So thank you for telling people about this podcast, if you have. Uh, we even got a listen from the Dominican Republic. Shout out to the Dominican. You are beautiful. And if you know a Dominican artist living in Nova Scotia who plays music, please tell me, as I would friggin' love to have them on the show so email me at thefriendlyheckler at gmail.com. And uh, even if you just want to tell me about what artists you think I should have on this show, please just email me, thefriendlyheckler at gmail.com. And or find me on all your social medias, all them things. And again, 10,000 thank yous to all those who have listened so far and told your friends and family to check us out. Do that. Do that now. Please do that now. Text them all friendly heckler just text them that and they'll be very curious i think uh the live shows have gotten wild great crowds lovely energy really so uh, come out to the next couple which leads me to upcoming dates live at union street in berwick here in nova scotia the next two live recordings of this show if you want to come out are november 8th we have the incomparable chris robison whose songs are like quirky exercises for your brain they're amazing then December 13th is Graham Nicholas, whose songs are the reason I started writing, really, actually. What a noggin on this fella. I love both these people, so come out and be part of the show, please. Also, if you want to see me play my songs live, I'll be at Brightwood Brewery in Dartmouth, November 4th and 5th, The Whiskey Teller in Annapolis Royal on November 6th, November 19th, I'm playing a fundraiser for the Berwick branch of the Dolly Parton Imagination Library at the Berwick Lions Club, and then... January 12th, I will be part of the Big Turnips Jubilee Show, which is a uh, fundraiser show for this incredible production with so many awesome artists. Uh, a recorded for television or home viewing spectacular. Big Turnips is trying to finish up their awesome production, so come out to that. Now, on to this month's guest, Sarah McInnes. She's wicked lovely, like devilishly lovely. We go way back, and I just wanted to delve into what makes her tick. Uh, she's a prolific songwriter and a worker who's been growing the Legacy Song Project, which we talk about. So, 
Just a heads up, this episode does talk a lot about death, which if you're recently dealing with, sorry. Um, this may be hard to listen to as well, but Sarah's work is incredibly healing in that case, and maybe you should just check out her website, sarahmckinnis.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-M-C-I-N-N-I-S.com. We do get giddy, though, and we delve into what brings Sarah joy and drives the writing of her beautiful, beautiful songs. So, here we go. Everybody, please put your hands together for the one, the only... Sarah McInnes. Too much. So sorry. I had to say the ED thing. I love that. Broke the, broke the ice. I'm gonna have you guys immediately sing along with me, okay? I know. You didn't know. It's gonna happen. So your part goes like this. Oh, little fire. So that comes around at the end of the song, and I'd love if you guys joined in. Okay. 
Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. What's that called? It's called Ash and Mud. Is that new for you? Um, it's actually not a new song. I wrote it a while ago. You've yeah. You've been sitting on that? You haven't shared it? Uh, not, no. Wow. I've been working on it, sort of, but... That's a Friendly Heckler exclusive! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. So, Sarah McInnes. Yes. Where are you from? I'm from Peterborough, Ontario. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Somebody said in the audience, yeah. I'm so sorry to the one person who booed Ontario at the beginning. Yes, Peterborough, Ontario. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, an interesting thing that I feel like people should know is we knew each other sort of, not really, we sort of circled around each other at a summer camp when we were 15, 16, I guess. I think I was 19 is when I met you. Okay. 2009. People had told me about you when yeah. I was like 16, though. They were like, you got to meet Sarah. you got to hear her sing. And that was, geez, that's 16, that's 17 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then, so strangely, we ran into each other. I was house-sitting a house in Grand Prairie here in Nova Scotia. And uh, there was a roommate coming back to the house who... The owners had told us he was living there before and he'd like to move back in. And my wife and I were like, no, we're house-sitting. We don't want anybody else in this giant house. Kick him out. <laughs> That's right. I kicked him out. It's okay. And when he came back to pick up his stuff, <laughs> who came into the kitchen with him but Sarah? And we kind of started talking and... I think you just said your name. You, you no, said... I, th I, th I feel like I said, oh, I'm from Peterborough. I might have mentioned Stony Lake, maybe. Like, yeah. There was some connection with maybe Lakefield. Yes, because I would have mentioned Kawartha, Camp yeah. Kawartha. And you and said, is your name Sarah McInnes? I just, I yeah, know, something yeah. in the universe told me this is the Sarah McInnes that I was supposed to play a show with 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. So <laughs> the universe forced us back together, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, Peterborough, Ontario. And then you came here to do music therapy, right? Yes. Yeah, in 2016 I moved here, so I've been here for six years now, which is crazy. And you've done your master's? No, uh, the program was another undergrad, so okay. I was going to school with 18-year-olds, which was an experience. Um, right. <laughs> but I did meet, like, one of my best friends, Valmy, which we, we know her. I met her at Acadia. Oh, and... Yeah, so that program was, I did it in three years, I did an internship, and then COVID happened, and uh, other things have happened since then, but we'll, we'll get into that. I'm I sure. wanted to, I wanted to like, I, wanted to, I was trying to explain before to the audience that I just love the way that you approached music, because you came out of school, and it wasn't like you just went straight into music therapy, you were still a gigging musician, mm -hmm. and you put out, a, you've put out three albums now? Um, I've put out two collaborative albums and one EP, but uh, yeah, I haven't really done much recording since then. I'm getting back into that now, but kind of in a different in a different way. The way you navigated the industry, because you, I mean, you know how much I loathe the idea of industrialization of yeah. music and it, basically everything. Um, but the way you navigated that, I have so much respect for, and I just love it because it's like. You just went all the way around the typical touring and album release, and you went, I want music to be meaningful to people. And so you've started the Legacy Song Project. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more meaningful than I think any touring musician or anybody who considers himself a musician. It's just, it means a lot to me. I just really respect the way you're doing things. Thank you. And music therapy, 
it, like, you really treat all music like therapy anyway. Is that a question? Or uh, no, no, it's just a statement, <laughs> but I'm just staring at you in the it's eyes. It's a statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people uh, find music to be therapeutic it, um, just by listening to it. You know, you're having a bad day, you put on a song that makes you feel seen or heard, oh or God. you put on a song that makes you feel uplifted and gets you out of a bad mood. Um, of course, music therapy is, is different, but I, I think we could all agree on the therapeutic properties of music mm. that are kind of innate within, within it. Yeah. I find your music very therapeutic. So when you, need, when you need that feeling, do you go home and do you pick up an instrument or is there a song that you're like, this is the song that makes me feel better? Hmm. Um, I think because now I'm, I'm songwriting for like my livelihood, which is a, such a privilege to be able to, to write songs for people. Um, I find myself going less to instruments and to music, like myself playing. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't really written a song for myself um, mm -hmm. in, in a while. Uh, sometimes one will come out, but I certainly will, will turn on music that I feel good listening to. Is there a go-to? Yeah. Is it like disco or something super strange? Um, I like I like a lot of like I like instrumental music. There's a band called Slow Meadow that I really like. I really love listening to other Canadian songwriters like Sarah Sleen, Sarah Harmer, Hayden, Valmy, yeah, Bell me. yeah. I just I'm I'm big on lyrics and words, so mm -hmm. I that's the kind of music I find myself gra gravitating towards. Although now, a good dance party is always always unrivaled. Warranted. Unrivaled, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, Ash and Mud, mm -hmm. that's that song? Yeah. That feels very heavy. It feels very therapeutic in a way, but it feels like you're giving therapy to somebody else in a way. Uh, yeah, I think I wrote that song, like, and this has come up recently with a friend in a, in a conversation. It's kind of about, like, not waiting to do the thing that you want to do or not waiting to say the thing that you want to say. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that probably came out of, like, observing catastrophes that are happening, like, around the world and... The world's a crazy place right now, and um, so you're like, why are you waiting why for are the you catastrophe? Yeah. yeah, just do it. Do the thing. Um, and do I recently had a conversation with a friend, and she has she's sitting on all these beautiful gifts that she can offer the world, and I'm like, what are you waiting for? And it's it's a you know fear and you know fear of failure and all of those things. Yeah, but and which we say? all have, oh, no yeah. doubt. In fact, I feel like there's a lot of people I know who are f afraid to pick up an instrument and like let their inner self out, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of people in this room who have picked up instruments for the first time. Hey, now, with, ukulele with class, yeah. can I get a... Oh! For those of you listening in the interweb world, Sarah also teaches ukulele as part of music and communities, right? Is that yeah. through... Well, yeah, partly. Okay. Yeah. So it's an offshoot, and you teach ukulele specifically or guitar as well? Uh, I teach guitar privately, but in group with groups of people up to like there what there's 35 people in the Woodville group, and that's um, amazing. 20 people each, like just big groups of people wanting to learn an instrument, and it's it's really interesting because people will come in and they're they're embarrassed. They're like, oh, my friends laughed at me because I'm here, and I'm like, you are here learning something new. Like, good for you. Yeah, let's laugh good at your you friends. for going against <laughs> yeah. the grain. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, let's laugh at your friends. <laughs> I was so thankful because I, I think you taught them uh, King of the Road by Roger Miller at one point. And I was so thankful because all of a sudden I was jamming with somebody. I was like, that's my kind of material. Let's yeah. jam, ukulele class. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm really appreciative that you're teaching that and getting out in the community. And yeah, it's really answers. cool to see, especially as adults. I think people feel like, well, I'm this, I've, I'm this age, so I can't learn anything new. It's past. I've always wanted to, but I, I just haven't ever picked it up. And I see people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s picking up an instrument for the first time and being genuinely excited to learn. And it's inspiring. I'm inspired by all the people that want to learn how to play an instrument that just never had the chance or, yeah. So when you're that age, what, what instrument are you going to pick up? Good question. Drums, dulcimer. Maybe drums, you know? I, I feel totally like being a drummer, drumming. yeah? Oh, yeah. I'll just work out all my anger through, through drumming. What anger? Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other long enough to know there's a bit of anger. There's a bit of anger, yeah. Who doesn't? Oh, we, we all have anger. a bit of anger. Yeah. Who wants a drum? Well, then I, I'm showing up to that drum class for sure. I don't know if I'd be teaching it, but I, you and I could do it together. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's just going to be us in a garage just slamming things for two hours. I love that. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, like I, I, the way that I think it's really good neural health, too. Like that is really good for your brain to just pick something up and keep going. And my dad's all about that neuroelasticity. Mm. Like he started writing with his opposite hand, he started doing puzzles. In, yeah. At the age of 59, he started just picking up weird puzzles. and. I think as yeah. long as you're breathing, you can learn something new. Whoa. Yeah. Even a different way to breathe. <laughs> even a different way to breathe. Have you ever done the Wim Hof stuff? No, but I've heard of it. You never even tried like a cold shower? Uh, I've done like jumping into cold. I've definitely done cold showers. Not my favorite thing, but... Um, yeah, jumping into a cold lake, am I right? Peter Bro? Yeah. What up, Woo! Peter Bro? Peter Bro. <laughs> Which I like to call PT Bow. So if you're on that train, you yeah. can just call it PT Bow, and or that's okay. Shout out to all my PT Bow friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much <laughs> you right now. Yeah. Um, thanks for the support, though, audience. <laughs> that was a good, hearty laugh. It's genuine. Um, I want you to play another song, but I'm wanna, I want to choose it. Okay. I get to heckle you finally. Okay. Please, what song? Please play Heat. Heat. Okay. I heard Sarah play this maybe once or twice, and it's just stuck with me. And I would love if you played this for everybody. And this is a song I've honestly probably just performed this song twice. So you were at one of those experiences. Thankfully, it stuck with me. This is a very cool song. Do you want to know what it's about, or should I like just play it? What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't know. What oh. do you guys want to do? Do you want me to tell you what it's about? I like to. It's kind of about uh, addiction, actually, because I always write about light topics. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's kind of about yeah, people not getting out of their own way in the ways that they could and causing harm to themselves, essentially. Yeah, but also kind of being helpless to Is this be able to. <laughs> oh God, no! Maybe that's why I like this song you. so much. <laughs> You're related to it. No, it's uh, so that's what it's about. Happy to answer questions afterwards too. <laughs> If I could, I would take away your pain I'd call the fire department from every county To come douse out the flame And when they arrive, they'd quickly turn away You'd say this inside burning You've been learning to live with every day DNA stuck 
walked against you rough and dry An organized cord of fear and sadness piled high against your spine And there've been times you struck a match and let it fly You say you didn't bring this on yourself Blaming anybody else Won't you tell us what you need Your fuel in a fire you shouldn't feed I'd cut you loose if I thought you wouldn't bleed This could burn you to the ground Take from you what you found How many ways can you tear yourself apart? How many ways can you tear yourself apart? How many Before your kindling for the blaze This isn't just a phase But you won't change your ways Won't you tell us what you need Your fuel in a fire you shouldn't feed I'd cut you if I thought you wouldn't bleed This could burn you to the ground Take from you what you found And I won't stick around If I'm dying from the heat Thank you. Uh, that song, the reason I haven't played it much because I get nervous when I play it. It's a pretty it's, technical song on guitar. It's got some things going on. Some things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who couldn't see, your fingers are going like this. But Zach told me when I was like, oh, I play nervous, so I avoid it. And Zach was like, I play the songs that make me nervous. <laughs> see, I respect that. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I need to do more of that. Well, hey, you got to jump in. You got to just do it before the ash and mud comes around. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You don't want to be caught. Got to listen fire. to my own advice. Yeah. yeah, I love. I love. I just love that song. I think when I first heard it, I was just moved by the metaphors, and I'm a huge fan of artists who really dedicate the song in terms of like a theme. Like did you do too. research in, at all? Like, did you have to like look up fire? Sometimes I do. Um, I don't know if I did for this song. I think I just probably wrote down all the words that had to do like fire, kindling, mm -hmm. 
Tinder, but that could be misconstrued because yeah. dating apps. Ooh, and I'm not. <laughs> Sparks, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think I just probably wrote down a bunch of words. and. Yeah, I'm, s I'm so glad you didn't use fireman calendar in there because that's where my brain goes. What? You know, sexy fireman calendars. Oh, okay. That's where your mind goes. Right away. All right. You want heat? You look at a fireman calendar. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe I did bond with the song though because it is about like tearing yourself apart and mm. we've, we've all done that a bit. And, oh yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's such a beautiful and technical song so I'm sorry I had to request the I'm most glad you did. song. I'm glad you but did. But it's awesome. Thank it's, you. And have you, f is there anybody you think of when you, yeah. Like, of course, yeah. Do you write, have you always written songs with people in mind? Yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, I think every song that I'm going to play tonight has to do with a person that wow. I know. Yeah. Have they all, have, do they know? Or no. do you always, oh, wow, <laughs> not, it's not like you're writing secret therapy for them. <laughs> or if they listened to it and knew it was about them, I don't know if they would like it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So. So it's therapy for you because. Yeah. Sometimes dealing with people like that can be, can be exhausting. Yeah. And you need to cut the cord sometimes. You taught me that, Cutting actually. the cord, yeah. Cutting the cord. Yeah. Will, you, will you explain what that ritual is? Yeah, I mean, I, I walked Zach through this, I think, at some point in the summer. Yeah. But I was talking about cutting energetic cords to people. So, like, as we move throughout our day, we can, you know, get all this crap attached to our energetic selves, if you believe in that. Um, and so I, I walked Zach through a little bit of a cutting the cord exercise where you kind of envision yourself surrounded in, in light, and you can even take your arm and pretend like it's a sword and cut, cut any things that you don't need or want that aren't serving you. It was incredibly powerful. Like, I, I, I do still use that do sometimes. You? Oh, I'm absolutely. When I'm feeling weight, weighted down by everything, I, or certain people, yes. I oh, cut yeah. the cords. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Spirituality means a lot to you, too. It does. Yeah, it and does. that's... Would you say that's fairly new for you, or have you always been deeply spiritual? I think I'm more open about talking about it. Mm -hmm. I've always been, even as a kid, I had big questions. Mm -hmm. um, I was always a super, super sensitive child, which was, you know, not always favored by adults. Um, Your parents are so sweet, though. My parents are sweet. They are sweet, because they're going to listen to this. Yes. <laughs> Hello, we love you, we love you. But, but, parents do have a way of kind of discouraging certain energies or certain attitudes yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I think sometimes it's easier to just tell a crying kid to stop than to stop and ask them why. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I've always been, like, I've had a deep sense of spirituality from a really young age, but I think now I'm just getting more comfortable talking about it, because I think people, people want to talk about it. Um, which is also why I love doing the work that I'm doing now. But And if you're not into it, it's not your cup of tea, that's okay. But there's lots of people, I feel like there's lots of people thinking the same things. Yeah. But it's like we're all too scared to find each other because we don't want to be weird. Um, yes, and I think we it's, there's a lot of translation because we all, some of us use different language for the same. Theme. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Have you gotten better at that translation, you think, in your, since music therapy came into your life? about translating like different ways of talking about the same thing yeah yeah i think i'm more like open and understanding about it now like i i grew up catholic so like that was deeply ingrained like that sort of rhetoric or like so you the feel words. guilty for everything all the time i feel guilty <laughs> actually though <laughs> honestly it's a thing um yeah so there's lots of times i'll be talking to someone and they might call god something else or the creator or energy spirit source whatever and we're all just talking about the same thing, just in different words, yeah. 
you feel like music therapy did a good job of like of working within that realm of translating and spirituality or do you feel like you've learned a lot of that through experience of working with people and getting to know people in your community? Yeah, I would say like in terms of the program I took, uh, probably not. Like there, was, there wasn't really a lot about spirituality or the energetic side of things. Right. I've done a lot of that like research and learning um, by myself or with other people. Like if I have questions and I have like, you know, friends and mentors that I can go ask big questions to and and now if people have questions that I can answer, I'm happy to do it and, and stuff like that. But I've had, had, had a lot of, you know, unique experiences. I think actually, like, we are all innately intuitive people. Um, and uh, the world needs us to be our most sensitive selves at this time, I think is what, I think we need that most. Oh, that yeah. is well, <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I feel we both had a friend we had a friend growing up who was kind of the intermediary between us at Holly? camp. Holly. Oh, yeah. Holly Pohl did a, so much magical. to me for, to opening my eyes to just like a, a beautiful soul. And I felt like she was, she was a type of person, she is the type of person who looks into your soul while you're talking to her about peanuts. It doesn't matter. She, you, you could be talking about nothing and she sees your entire attitude and your aura and she was just beautiful. Do you she feel like she opened you up? Absolutely. To a lot? Yeah. She. I went out to visit her in Bella Coola, where she lives, uh, which is in like the interior of BC. It's very isolated. It's in a valley. That's. It's in another valley across the country. Would you have a song about? I do have a song about Ooh. that place. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, just wonderful. She definitely opened me up. And I remember sitting with her. Do you remember the Planet in Peterborough? That it was a restaurant made amazing sandwiches. Mm. Anyways, um, and I remember having a conversation with her, and and I was asking her like, "Wow, it's so incredible that you can experience all of those things." Um, and she said, "You just wait, just wait." And I said, "No, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Like, I don't know if I'll, you know, be visited by my loved ones in my room or my dreams or etc." And Right. And she said, just wait, like, it's going to happen. And I feel like she, she opened me up to a, uh, that whole world. For is sure. it a just wait, you'll hit that age? Or is it a just wait, you'll access that? You'll be open to it. Like, mm -hmm. you'll be open and available to it. Yeah. And that's the biggest part of spirituality to you, eh? Is being available and open? I think, think that's I, th I think that's a, a big part of it is understanding that there's... And again, I don't want to speak for anyone in the room that came and did realize that I was going to be talking about this stuff. But um, yeah, just just being aware that there's so much more that exists than just our physical, our physical selves. There's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to shut up and listen. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Are you a uh, Are you a worrier? I worry. Oh yeah. Is that why you wrote "Worry," which is this next song I'm going to heckle <laughs> you to play? Um, yeah. I. I. Uh, because I thought when I first listened to this song, I really thought it was you telling somebody else. Oh no, I am. I would definitely say anxiety is a thing that I deal with. So this song is therapy for you then. Yeah. Wow. But okay. I also feel like it applies to lots of different types of people. Probably in this room, I always ask people before I play the song, like, "Who worries? Please raise your hand. That's, Don't make me feel alone." That's the entire Thank room. You. Three of you are lying, though. I know three of you are lying. <laughs> Unless you're just absolutely shit-faced right now. I, you're definitely lying. I, it's amazing that you wrote it as therapy to yourself, because I feel like not a lot of your songs, now that I think about it, aren't really... They're not really inward songs. I feel like you don't often tell your... All of my songs are like, me, me, me! <laughs> which 
your songs yeah. are very Maybe. relatable because you're yeah. I always feel like you're explaining a world problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> like a, yeah. a societal issue that we all deal with. Yeah, but they usually they do come from a place of like my personal experience that I feel like other people can get something from this too. Um, Damn, you're, yeah. good, you're a good translator, man. Thank you. Please, will you play Worry for everybody? This yeah. is the fr that's the friendliest heckle I've ever done. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so I did personify Worry, and he took the shape of a man. So take that with what you will. Such a good song. 
That's so good. Again, like working with a theme and a I like themes and songs too. I do like to write songs that way. It's powerful. I feel yeah. like you do such a good job of expanding <laughs> on the metaphor and getting into the grittiness of it. Thank you. Like, worry sounds like a real dick. He is. Like, uh, or I, they, yeah. they are. Did you Whatever. meet worry on Tinder? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Don't get do. me started. <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about Tinder. For those of you who don't know, Tinder is a dating app. I think An they know. An app Zach. on your phone. Well, I don't know. I don't know what people know. There was someone who didn't know what a podcast was, and they showed up to a live recording of a podcast. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah. cool. So it's a dating app, mm -hmm. and you go on it on your phone, and you swipe left or right. I don't know, because I'm married, though, so Lucky admittedly. you. I know. You guys live, like, vicariously through your single friends, I'm sure. I've seen a lot Vicar of... Why would I want to live well, vicariously I, I feel through like, my single I feel like I've seen a lot of my friends that are in couples. They're just like, ooh, I want to look. I want to swipe, because they can't. That's true. They pick I up your we phone, and they do it for you. We yeah. really wanted to see um, who else is on it, actually. <laughs> that was what we were on. I was, we were know. on Tinder once with our friend Zach. His name is Zach as well. This isn't actually me, I promise. Um, and he was on Tinder when we were living in Grand Pre okay. at the wonderful Zelda Abramson says. And he, he was on Tinder, but he could see somebody in town. He's like, oh, they're only two kilometers away. Maybe I can go meet them. And then he refreshed it, and they were five kilometers away. And then he refreshed it, and they were ten. And there was nobody else in town on Tinder. <laughs> they were driving through town. Oh <laughs> uh, anyway, I would not invite worry into my bed if I were you. Um, I try not to. Yeah, you just do such a good job with that song. It's so beautiful, too. You're, who... Where did you get your sense of like melody and chord writing? Because I feel like you have a very sweet and songwriter style, mm -hmm. but you have your own sense of melody and like the pushing of the beats is so unique. Hmm. Like what? Who was the earliest influence that you can remember being like, "That's I want to do that." Um. Ah. Uh, I feel like I knew you were going to ask me this question. Oh. And. That's because you know me. I know, yeah. Mm. And I feel like often when people ask me, like, who, who are your influences? They, they expect me to name people who are dead. Yeah. Because um, a lot of my friends are inspired by people who are dead. I thought you were going to say, a lot of my friends are dead. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, um, no, like, as a teenager, I was, you know, in my room listening to people like Sarah Sleen, Sarah Harmer, like, all these other Canadian... Uh, yeah, well, Sarah's, oh, but other, other Canadian songwriters... And again, I've always been about lyrics and like delivery of lyrics and like lyrics to me are the most important thing when I'm listening to a song. Like that's what's going to keep me there. Mm. Um, and with melody, I don't know, I've been, I've been playing music a long time. So I feel like people have their own unique style. Like you can tell like, you know, when you're doing something, I'm like, that's a Zachism. <laughs> like, you know, that's you. And like, there's probably things I do that are very me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean... Petibo is like such a great home for great songwriters. Oh, there's so too. many good songwriters in Petibo. Did you go yeah. out a lot when you were younger to, to local yeah. music well, spots? Yeah, my, well, my older brother, like, he was in several bands. Oh, wow. So I would always go out and I was like crushing on all of his friends because they were like <laughs> super cool. Um, they were all worries. They were all worries, yeah. Worries. But um, yeah, so I saw a lot of live music. Like Jonas Bonetta, he's another one who I really like. I loved his music growing up and. Um, yeah, j there's so many amazing people. So I was like in the music scene starting to play my stuff like when I was like 16, but I was going to a lot of live music. And like kudos to the people at the back who don't know 
and a thing about Zachariah who came, um, because that's my favorite way to consume music, is just going to a show and just not knowing anything and, and loving the artist because they're doing what they're doing on stage. Do you prefer live experience to re recorded experience? Do you mean... Like some people love just putting on headphones and listening to the album because that song and that recording means so much to them. Yeah. And they don't really enjoy the live experience as much. Mm. But I, you get more out of seeing an artist and feeling it. Than yeah. Like I want to... If I would be at this table, I would be in the front row. I would want no one in front of me. And I would want to like see the sweat on the person's face. Oh my God. You know? you'd, be a, you'd make a terrifying audience member now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love I love live settings because then you get a feel for the person. Mm. Even though, like you said, this is such a cool idea, this podcast. Because, yeah, I'm sure people are learning things that they they didn't know about me and not know about you and the other artists that you're gonna have. It's such a great idea, Thank because you. in the 45 minutes you do kind of plan your set and the stories that you're gonna tell, um, because you're on a you're on a time limit and yeah. you gotta gotta deliver the music. So, do you feel like you've shaped a completely different set since you started like? being a seriously gigging musician and do you, I mean you you have you actually haven't played that many shows since you started the Legacy Song Project. Eh? No. No, I've been focused more on writing, but I mean I was texting Zach literally every other hour before this show being like I'm going to play this song. No, never mind. I'm going to play these three. Never <laughs> yeah. mind. I'm going back to the original. Let's do that. And so I often before a show will just shape my set list like the day before. Okay. Um, but there's there's songs that I will be like, "Oh, I want to play that one." Like, I'll keep it in my head. Do you ever get halfway through a song and then you're like, oh, I should play that song? No. No? no maybe. Oh, my God. Know. It happens to me every time. <laughs> I'm like halfway through a song and I'm like, oh, I'll play that one next. And I completely oh. forget by the end of the song. Oh, okay. No, I usually stick. I usually write a set list and like stick stick close to it. Because, you know, you build it based on like, you don't want too many slow songs and like oh. too many songs about depressing you things, you know? Well, I have to be careful, too, because I sing a lot about death and dying, so... Well, now you do, I, for now sure. Now I do, yeah. It used to be about shooting whiskey and... Yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah. It used to be about badass cowgirls and or Disney princesses. There was no, never was, a there Disney There was never princess. a Disney princess. There was a Disney... There was a... Oh, no, it wasn't a Disney person. Um... Oh, <laughs> this is embarrassing. The female uh, antagonist. Kissing Kate Barlow? Boom. Yeah. Kissing Kate yeah, Barlow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song. Yeah. Yeah, she was a badass. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when did you release your first album? Uh, in 2016. Really? So. Yeah. Because you said you started playing at 16? Mm hmm. God, I feel like when I met you, or when I heard about you, you had already been such an established artist. I had. Do you remember MySpace? Oh yeah! I had so. Can I get a my yeah from MySpace? <laughs> Tom, yeah. where's Tom now? No, I had. I mean, I guess I had participated in other people's albums by that point, but I didn't actually write songs like for an out. Al like, I hadn't written an album's worth of songs up until then, and I think I had a lot of songs, but none that I considered worthy of putting. In an EP. Right. Or so a, or building up to Farmer Coal Miner, which is Sarah's first album. Yes. Yeah. You should definitely check it out. If you've never heard Farmer Coal Miner, look it up because you will on you'll be pleasantly surprised and impressed. Because on that's the only I don't have my music on Spotify at the moment. Yes. Maybe I shouldn't thank say you. That. No. It's okay. This podcast is on Spotify, but this com <laughs> the, the company is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I took it all down. It was it's just crazy. Kudos. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for jumping on that. It's not a bandwagon because most of the bands are on Spotify. So it's a chuck wagon. 
Chuck wagon. Uh, yeah. yeah, rolling up behind. Nobody even knows we're there, but you wouldn't eat without us. Um, it's a metaphor. I'm working on it. First draft. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good for you for taking the music off Spotify. So look up Sarah's Bandcamp. SarahMcInnes.bandcamp.com? Yeah. yeah. And you're McInnes. <clears throat> yes, McInnes. Not Mac. M-C-I-N-N-I-S. Although I do have an uncle that spells it M-A-C, but it was just wrong on his birth certificate. Oh, there was 11 kids in that family, so they were bound to get one wrong. Yeah, and there was some like <laughs> racist border guards in the early days who were like, sorry, you're Irish? We don't like that, even though we're all <laughs> Irish a year ago. Uh, so McInnes. And your family's from Glace Bay area, right? My dad is from Glace Bay, and my mom is from Duro, Ontario. Duro, the Duro Dummer line, right? Yes, yeah. I remember that. The Dummer side of Duro. Oh! <laughs> That's where we're from. Yeah. Is that an insult in PT Boat? Uh, I mean, it's like a funny joke, so I expected more laughter, but none of you are from there, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dumber side of Duro. Duro dumber and, yeah, Glace Bay, where my parents are Oh, from. yeah, see? So it's important to understand, for the people who hate Ontario, it's important to understand that we're all from everywhere, okay? Get over it. <laughs> and also, Ontario is a beautiful province, and I love, I still love going back to Peterborough. Peterborough's so. gorgeous. Yeah. Like, when, I, when, we, when we first moved here, both of us and Fran, <laughs> uh, I remember hearing that Dartmouth was called the City of Lakes. And coming from oh, Ontario, yeah. where there's like a million lakes, and especially the Corth area, those are yes. gorgeous lakes. Yeah. I was just like shocked. I didn't know. I, didn't, I thought the East Coast was all ocean when I first moved here. So, and then I saw the City of Lakes, and I was like, Psh, I don't see any lakes. <laughs> Show me the lakes, Dartmouth. <laughs> But the Duro Dummer line, Glace Bay, yeah, you kind of come from all over the place, eh? And then you've been out to BC. You, mm -hmm. Have you toured much? No. I actually haven't. I've never gone on a, on a tour. You're starting to tour with the Legacy Song Project a bit, right? Well, we're hoping to tour in the four Atlantic provinces that we're working on this sub-project. Did you in. just go to Newfoundland? Yeah, yeah, that was to interview people. So it wasn't... Oh. We did. I did end up playing a show with Valmy when I was there, which was super fun. Um, but... Yeah, that was to interview. I, I got to travel all over the Maritimes um, interviewing people for this project that I'm working on. So, Would you please explain? Sure. For those of you who don't know what Legacy Song Project is, even though it's a Google away, please feel free to Google it now. Please explain what the Legacy Song Project is. Sure. So in 2021, I started a project called the Legacy Song Project. And basically, I audio interview people who are at end of life and people who've lost loved ones. And then I write and record a personal song for them based on their stories. Um, so it's been an incredible journey um, of songs. I've written songs for people all over the country at this point, which is, I still have a missing a few provinces that I, I, ho I hope to eventually write in. But um, yeah, it's been an extremely meaningful way to write music for people. And I think I needed that. I think I was reaching a point where I, I didn't really know why I was trying to hustle. I didn't believe in it anymore. Um, Did you feel selfish? Like um, I mean, that's a good question. I think, I think I just knew I wanted to do something that had more meaning for me. Because I do know that for people, touring musicians, there is a lot of meaning in that for certain people. And for me, it just, when I thought about, you know, promoting just my music for just me, it just made me feel tired. And to me, I'm like, oh, I gotta listen to my body. Like, that, that's a sign, like, what, what's the thing here? But I've always thought about writing songs for other people, and um, it's been a really 
meaningful way to bring people together from even across the country, just connecting them through this yeah. this commonality that they have these songs written for the people that they love that they've lost. And oh, yeah. I feel like every touring musician, and myself included, anyone who like plays music and tries to do it for a living, obviously it's all about connection. All we want to do is connect with people and tell a story or give them a feeling for an evening. Mm-hmm. And that and that's reciprocal because the more that they feel it, it's like it's amplified, and then we get it back. But what you did was is just incredible to me because yeah, like you kind of skipped all the small talk of it, all the banter, all the all the setup, and all the show, and all the frill, mm-hmm. and went straight to the emotion and straight to the soul. Hmm. So that's what I was trying to say by what you're doing in the industry. You skipped the industry. Fuck the industry. You you went right to the soul of the people. And I just mm-hmm. think that's so much more meaningful. And I love what you're doing. Thanks, Zach. If you haven't heard these songs, get out there and hear them. It's beautiful. And I got to give you credit because <laughs> I listened to the recordings and I was like blown away by how like modern they are. Cutting in interviews over top of, oh, your, yeah. of, of you playing. Yeah. It's an incredibly like modern production, and and I know like experimental artists who have done that kind of thing, but it's nowhere near as meaningful and soulful. So yeah, kudos. That's, it's been a for for people who haven't heard the songs, I um, like splice in clips of the interview into the song so that the person's narrative is actually driving the song, and then the music is like supporting the stories that the person is telling, and that's my favorite part. It's it and it really moves people. Um, and it's a just a really powerful way to to capture people's voices. I wish I had that for when my grandma died. Like no one captured her voice, and I feel like I get to do that for other people. And I almost asked you to play the song about your grandmother tonight because <laughs> I th- I felt like you did capture her voice. Hilda Mary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I almost asked. I almost heckled Sarah to play this gorgeous song. But then I was like, I'm going to pick all tearjerkers tonight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the podcast is going to be released on the day of her death. So that was very cool to me. Yeah. Cheers, Hilda Mary. I bet you she's hanging out in here tonight. Oh, I bet you. Not to spook anyone, but Hilda Mary <laughs> is here. And just be comfortable with her energy because she's very proud of you right now, I bet. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> You're going to make I, me cry. Do I, 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 yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but... Yeah, I just love what you're doing, and like the Legacy Song Project is so meaningful. And do you want to play one of those songs? Yeah, today? I would love to. Please. Yeah, um, I will explain it. Actually, the 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 anniversary of this person's death was just yesterday, um, and it's a song I wrote. It's it's like the like the Legacy song I like to play the most, but I I think because I really like it. Like there's some that I write, there's some that I've written that will never be heard because I haven't received permission to share them, um, and some of them that I write, I don't know. I'm just like. I really like this song. So um, this was written for one of my really good friends out in BC, and she was the first person I interviewed, and I asked her to critique the process because I needed an honest person to tell me (laughs) if this was an acceptable way to ask questions, et cetera. And uh, so her father passed away when she was quite young. And on the gravestone, um, it was written, maybe someday when we're grown, your strengths are who will be. And uh, in her... In her interview, she really explained how each of her three siblings, so there's four in total, um, have kind of taken on different parts of their father in different ways. And I just find that really amazing. So um, (laughs) that's what this song's about. It's called Who Will Be. 
the windows in the car to run, run away. Head to the hardware store to build forts for timeless play. Mother's Day, he'd hand me scissors to cut tulips in the garden for his high school sweetheart as he got breakfast started. He was a hard-working man of means. Fireworks on summer nights dressed up on Halloween. Flood the rink in winter, flowers bloom in spring. Everything he was a part of was sparkling. He was a family man, a father and a friend. To my brothers, my sister and me. Maybe someday when we're grown, your strengths are who Black Volkswagen Beetle, no punchback stamped, no erases. On the seven hills of thrills, he'd put smiles on our faces. No matter how crazy life would become, mom and dad made time for each other forever young. He was a hard-working man of me. I found him in the north, you came to me in dreams. I know you'll walk beside me where horses roam. Everything he was a part of still feels like home. He was a family man, a father and a friend. To my mother, my siblings, and me. Maybe someday when we're grown, your strengths are who we'll be. Now one of my brothers is a businessman, playing jokes like his father and making plans. The other married his high school sweetheart, just like dad did. My sister is a healer, a giver, a feeler, helping people face their cards from the dealer. And I find myself growing strong in the wild woods where my hero
I can only imagine how meaningful that is to the families to get a song like that. I mean, <laughs> we live in a generation where artists get messaged all the time. Hey, will you write a song for my daughter's birthday? I'll send you $400 and you just need to send me this song. I don't even understand how the scam works, but people will send you messages you over know, Instagram. I'll tell you, I got roped into one. I didn't send the money, but I did write a song and it was really cute. Hold on, they ask you to send money first? No, yeah. It's like, that. no, they, they say like, I, I wrote the song and I was like, sure, I'll do this. And then they're like, send me your account information. And I was like, this is a scam. But the song was cute. It was a birthday <laughs> song. It was good. Did you have it in your back pocket? Like, oh, I got this song. I'll pull it out some other time. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, Sarah's such a good songwriter that she's got like a thousand songs for a thousand people just in her back pocket. No big deal. Yeah. As, yeah, I can only imagine how meaningful that is to a family to receive a song specifically, like the, the black... The black Volkswagen. Yeah. I mean, there's things in there that uh, make sense to the family, but wouldn't make sense to you guys. Like even like roll down the windows in the car to run, run away, like the, the song by Deep Blue Sea. Like that was one of his favorite wow. songs. So like just things like that where you're listening to it and you're like, well, that's a nice song. But to them, the family, there's all these really personal details. It's a punch buggy, no punchbacks. Yeah. That's specific yeah. to them too? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because I related to that too. Yeah. Well, we all relate to that. Red punch buggy, no punch back, stampy no erases. Stampy no erases. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was like two generations later, stampy Maybe. no erases okay. came into play. Yeah. But wow, yeah, it's just so meaningful. Like again, your therapy, the, the use of songs for therapy and spirituality. Like, do you feel like spirituality is playing more into your therapy yeah. now? Well, uh, in these songs specifically, like, I feel like it, it connects people who've lost their loved ones with their deceased loved one. Like, I was working on a song, we're on an interview for someone just the other, just yesterday, and I sat down to start the interview and I was having a really hard time getting down to sit and do it, and I was like, why? Why is this happening? And I happened to be sitting down at my, uh, my neighbor's house where my friend is currently house-sitting, and as I'm starting the interview, I look behind me because I was stretching, and there was this ornament that said joy, and the woman who I was about to listen it was, it was her who, she died. Um, her name, her middle name was Joy and that's what she went by. So to me, like that's an incredible moment of like validation, like she's here and she's, mm. she's around. And um, also like sometimes people use these songs, um, like recently I wrote a song for a, a gentleman in Alberta and they had it playing while he was dying. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, I was in the room. I was in the room with that family when they were going through that moment. And that feels so, and I wasn't actually in the room, metaphorically in the room. Um, my voice was in the room. But, um, and then they played it at his celebration of life too. So, and I feel like for years to come, they're going to have his voice to listen to because we got to do an interview with him just a couple weeks before he died. So, yeah, I think it ties together the emotional and spiritual side that I kind of crave in the work that I do. Um, yeah. And I get to write songs, so it feels like I a magic this goes combination. <laughs> like, what are the two provinces you have left that you haven't written in? Um, I think there's full, like I haven't done any of the territories, and I haven't done Saskatchewan or Manitoba wow. or Quebec. Okay. I could write a song in French. I could could try doing that. Okay, so if everybody in here collectively thinks, let's get Sarah to the territories and Quebec, if we all think that together. It will happen. Not that I want somebody to be dying for you to be well, able to go there. Well, we're all headed there, so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually <laughs> thought, like, maybe I'll ask Sarah to write mine now, just in case. 
I, I did write a song for a 90-year-old Catholic priest who is still alive. I've written songs for people that are still living that are considered at end of life. And, and they want. He just wanted one for his funeral. And hit that interview was amazing because he's this 90-year-old Catholic priest who's super intuitive and totally doing things outside of the normal Catholic sort of structure and breaking a lot of rules. Even at 90, he just wrote a book. His name is Father Leo Coughlin. You should look him up on Amazon. It's, he's, he's an amazing guy. So it's, I get to meet a lot of cool people and yeah. listen to a, a lot of insightful conversation. And, yeah. and a lot of stories, I imagine. So many stories. Any stories that you were like blown away by it? That you were like, I can't use this in a song. You don't have to name who they are or <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, there, there probably are. That <laughs> <laughs> podcast, really, I guess. Or people will preface it like, I don't know if this should be in the in the interview or in the in the song, and I'm like, I'm pretty discerning. I'm not gonna like spill all your family secrets, but so you can tell me. So it was the back seat of my Chevy, <laughs> and my wife and I. No. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that series of legacy songs. The dirty legacy song yeah, project. You, yeah. Let's yeah. get this one established first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 So again, let's send Sarah to these provinces. You've been on CBC. You've had some radio attention for this project. Yeah, because I'm doing like a sub-project featuring um, eight Atlantic Canadians. So, and I got some funding for that, which has been very helpful. And so I've had, I have had like some interviews and stuff done. And so I think people, it'll gain more attention uh, yeah. organically. I think is, is it's how it's been coming around. And hearing that you got grant money just renewed my faith <laughs> in the grant programs because I started to worry it's that people were getting money that they didn't deserve it. But yes, you deserve it. Yes, clap, clap. Absolutely. Absolutely. We deserve that. And are you writing your own grants, too? Yeah. That's a lot of work. Oh, man. Yes. Again, yeah. so Grant you took writing a is a whole skill in itself, and I don't, I just, I'm just, I don't know. You I don't, I don't want to pay someone else to do it if I think I, I can do it, so. I want to I tell everybody that I, I couldn't help myself. I saw Mary Gauthier play in Wolf Hill recently, I guess two months ago, and after the show, I couldn't help myself. I sent her a link to Sarah's project because Mary Gauthier is a, a great songwriter and she's been working with veterans and people who are experiencing PTSD. And so what she does is she goes into this program, sits down with these people, and together they write a song. So they tell her what they've seen, what they've experienced, and she sits down with them and in a week they have a meaningful song that they get to walk away with that is their experience. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't heard Mary Gauthier's songs, please check check them out because they're powerful. They're Some of them are self-experienced, some of them are other people's experiences, but oh man, she's just got so much grit and power behind her voice and her guitar playing. So I couldn't help myself. I saw similarities in this project and Mary Gauthier's work and you were at that show. I saw you down in the front row. I was in I was the like, front row. Oh, good. I told you. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent, I, over Instagram, I sent Mary Gauthier a link to Sarah's work. And I didn't really expect anything back because when songwriters are that big, that popular, if they're, you know, there's a lot of photos with her, her standing <laughs> beside John Prine. So you don't think you're ever going to hear back from those people. And Mary Gauthier responded almost instantly saying, I met Sarah. Her work is awesome. She's amazing. And absolutely, absolutely. It's just like you, you deserve that. You deserve people like Mary Goche shining down on you and saying, like, what you're doing is great. Yes. Yeah. 
And I met Mary Gauthier too, and I loved the way that she approaches songwriting, and that's what I want to do too. I want it to I want it to mean something bigger than myself. I need that for me, and I know not everyone needs that, but for me, it needs to be like that. And so in a way, these other people's songs are your legacy. I I mean I I guess so because they're all gonna be in people's families for hopefully a long time. So. Is any yeah. of this going on Spotify or anything? Uh, maybe eventually. I think like the album that I'm working on right now, these eight specific songs will probably release on Spotify. And so those are families who have signed off and said, please share it with the world. If yeah, and there's going to be, for that sub-project, there's eight Atlantic Canadians participating. There's going to be a documentary and an album release and two live performances that probably are going to happen in June 2023. So, so keep an ear out for that because I think it'll, it's going to be really special. And is that... All? information all available on your website? Yeah, it will be. Well, mostly Instagram and Facebook is what kind of what I stick to. But I could put it on my website, too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the end of the episode, I'll say all your links and okay. stuff so that you don't have to say it on a microphone because it's so passe. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually worried that it would be, like, we know each other so well that I worried, oh, we're just going to end up sitting up here giggling to ourselves all I know. the time and nobody's going to get any this of the This feels jokes. pretty comfortable, though. Oh, like, really? Okay, it, good. Yeah, well, do you feel comfortable? I feel so comfortable. Okay, good. <sighs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we just bonded over so much over the years. Like, again, when Sarah first moved here, it was like, we're both songwriters and we both live here. We're both from Ontario. Yeah. Neat. And then we started both bonding spiritually again, and then I started using mushrooms to microdose as my own therapy, and we kind of bonded over that. I had lots that. of questions about that. Yeah. Please, go ask away. Well, I'm on mushrooms right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a lot of questions, so it was like another point of connection. As oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't read the book, How to Change Your Mind, I suggest reading How to Change Your Mind. It's a beautiful book. Uh, and it deals with... It's Michael Pollan's journey into... Uh, psilocybin and ketamine and LSD, LSD and yeah. exploring ways to not only deal with the people's fear of death, but maybe past traumas. And it's basically 50 years ago, all of this research got shelved because it all got roped into psychedelics and Nixon hated psychedelics. So the whole world had to, had to stop the research. But I just think it's an incredible world, and I'm so glad that it's back and that people are openly talking about this stuff, and I'm openly admitting to you that I'm microdosing right now. Yeah, there you go. You guys are cool <laughs> with it, and we're cool with it, Everybody's and it's completely cool natural. Oh, for sure, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, we had, like, you and I, Zach, when I was thinking about coming here to do this, I was thinking about kind of our friendship over the last six years, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I have this very specific memory of, it was when I was playing at Deep Roots the first time, yeah. and I was very nervous backstage. This is like a cute little backstage moment. And Zach was the one that came up to me and just put his hands on my shoulders, and he's like, take a deep breath, it's gonna be fine. Like, you're gonna be good. And like, that, it grounded me in a really nice way, and That's good. very much appreciate it, and our friendship, and... When you first said I put my hand on your shoulders, I thought it was going to be something really creepy. No, like, it wasn't creepy. Yeah. It was lovely. Don't As make it creepy, Zach. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> I just like to mock myself. I know. So, I know. Well, I'm glad I could offer you that solace. Because, yeah, we were, I think we were both really nervous. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. is a great festival. And we were like, we had no clout in this community whatsoever. Yeah. But Dave Carmichael was sweet enough to invite us both there. Took a risk, yeah. I think I was, 
I don't even think I was actually in the festival that year. I think I was playing with the Dearlies. Yeah. Who were all here yeah. tonight. What up, Dearlies? The great Osborne sisters. Um, yeah, like that's a great festival. So I'm, I can't believe you were so nervous. Cause I mean, like, I get nervous before I play. I was back there. I was like, Zach, hurry up. I want to get on stage already. Do you want to get it over with? Is that why? No, I'm happy that now that I'm here, but I, okay. I always get nervous before I play a show. doesn't matter if it's like 10 people or 200. doesn't matter. Is 10 people worse than 200? No, okay. it's just different. But I feel like I get nerves. more nervous in front of a small crowd than I do a big crowd. Uh, no. I get nervous in front of any time I play. <laughs> Are you nervous right now? No, no, it, no it's we're calm we're down. That. It's past. Yeah, we're yeah. past that. We're very comfortable. Are you guys comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you to this. The audience is amazing. Just listening to us talk. I know. We need to and breathe. how about a hand for the house again? Yeah. Thank you, Union Street, for hosting us. This is incredible. Somebody at the back of the room is doing like field goal signs. They're like, yeah, hit it home. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> Thank you for being here. Uh, I would like to ask you to play one more song because when you when you started playing in this community, I felt like in the deep roots in that era, I felt like people were always leaning on you to play one song in particular, and they were like, "Oh, could you please make me cry, Sarah? Would you please play? He don't play like he used to." Yeah, I can play that song. Please, yeah. please. I just. This song is great. It's powerful. You, ha you haven't played in a while. I haven't played. I forgot how to play it at one point. She don't even play it like she used to. Yeah, I had to relearn it. Sorry, I um, had to do it. That's okay. Yeah, th I, can I tell, tell them what this tune's about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in this way, th before I started the Legacy Song Project, this is kind of a legacy song in itself. I kind of, it was inspired by my uncle, my uncle Harry, who was a fiddle player in his day. And I would go, when I started learning to play the fiddle, I would go to the nursing home and uh, I would scratch out what few tunes I knew. And he was always one, play a tune, play us a tune, play another tune. And sometimes the way that the staff talked to him, it was a little like, oh, isn't that such a cute old man? And it was kind of condescending, I found. Yeah. Because I'm like, you don't know that he used to rip on the fiddle. So like, you know, calm down. Um, <laughs> So I kind of wrote this just about, you know, we all do these things, but eventually our bodies are going to start... What's the word I'm looking for? Decay? Deteriorating, thank you. Yeah, I, I went really and, dark, decaying. Uh, decaying. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to have the same abilities like, that we do right now, and that's what the song's kind of about. So it's called He Don't Play Like He Used To. Something's changed in the way that he plays His fingers need oil and his timing's delayed He's slow to the downbeat, his hearing's starting to fade But the heart behind is singing could charm the sun out of day. They say he once was the best picker around. People came from all over just to hear his sound. And now the only thing he's picking 
I mean, that sounds just so meaningful. I didn't know it was about your uncle. Yeah. Well, it's deceiving because it's like 
he's a picker, so you assume it's kind of a guitar player, but it's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting into the nitty gritty of the yeah. metaphor there. Yeah. But yeah, you wrote a song for your uncle and your grandmother before you even started your, the Legacy Song Project. And my grandfather's, And your too. grandfather, Farmer Coal Miner. I think it was just leading up to the Legacy Song Project. Like, that, that's the kind of songs I'm a, I, I kind of am attracted to writing, are like the ones that remember people. Specifically people of a certain age? Like, you didn't write any songs for teenagers in I feel community. like people that have died specifically. Hmm. Um, yeah, because my grandparents are all are all dead, and my uncle as well, my great uncle. So, yeah, I think it's just a way of staying connected. I think you can still have relationship with people that have have crossed over, as I would say. So, is it difficult for you to play those songs? Sometimes, yeah. Um, Depending on like where during you're at. "Who Will Be," I wanted to cry at the end. There's always this one part that gets me when I sing it, hmm. and to me, it just because it just feels so true to my friend and her situation. So yeah, sometimes they are hard to play. Sometimes they're hard to write. Like it, I go through it sometimes with digging into the content because I hear people's, some, some worst days of their life. I get to sit and listen to those stories. So it's, it's a lot, it's heavy, yeah. Do you feel like you're a heavy empathizer as well? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I can empathize with people well. Do you feel like that's a skill? <laughs> Or do you feel like it's sort of like a curse that you're living with? No, I think, I think I'm leaning more into my sensitivity now that I'm older and seeing it as a superpower rather than uh, something that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you <laughs> to all the sensitive people in the room. It is yeah. a superpower because, again, you're able to translate it and give it back to us, and we feel it just as heavy as you felt it, I, I think. <laughs> I, I do. Like that song, you haven't even played that in quite a while. You don't play like that. <laughs> you don't play that like you used to, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's changed the way that I've played it too, yeah. There's like this confidence in your voice around it too. Like just ease and yeah, like a heavy emotion. Mm -hmm. But you're still managing to get the point across. And there is still, you know, some, some jokes. Not jokes, but like <laughs> your wordplay is unique. And mm. I just yeah. feel like you're getting your point Thank across you. really well. Thank you. You're such a good empathizer. I wish I had your superpower. I feel like you are very empathetic, actually. I am, but my defense mechanism is to just joke about it instead. Right, so next time, try not to make a joke. Just cry? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Try to just like, I don't know, listen or listen, just or cry if you want to. Listen, jokes are perfect for awkward <laughs> silences. See, that was a moment where you could have leaned into the empathy, mm -mm. but you mm -mm. Didn't know. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't do it. No, I, d I just feel like humor is also a power that I want to harness more of, I think. And I feel like we each have our own thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. we need funny people in the world because sometimes life is really hard. We need to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Right? We need to be able to laugh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just can't believe you're sitting down with these people and listening to the interviews afterwards. Yeah, I hear everything twice. Wow. Yeah. Do you cry twice? <laughs> uh, yep, sometimes I do. <laughs> so then how do you, other than cutting the cords, how do you unwind from that? Like, do you go out and just, like, giggle uncontrollably <laughs> at something? Um, do you watch yeah, funny movies? I, I, I watch a lot of trash television, and mm. I think that's probably because I spend so much time in the heavy space that I need, like my roommate and I, we watch, like Bridesmaids is one of our favorite movies. That's a great yeah. movie. And I see her back there cheering, yeah. it's Because it, it's funny and it's stupid, but it's like, 
you can laugh at it. Hey, and oh, that's a, that's good humor. That's yeah. Good com- any Judd Apatow movie is worth yeah. your Yeah, like, time. so trash television, walking my dog, I see a therapist, would highly recommend nice. to anybody. And, like, spend time with friends and do things that aren't so heavy. Teaching ukulele is super lighthearted for me. Like, it's not, like, it's not heavy. It's like, let's come, the ukulele. What's happier than the ukulele? Uh, do you guys play t- Tiptoe Through the Tulips? No. What? Oh, they're disappointed <laughs> in you. That was genuine disappointment. No, but we've been waiting. We'll talk for about it. it tomorrow at our class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Tiny Tim, which I just learned that he actually. This is going to tie in very well, actually. Tiny Tim played that song on stage and had a heart attack during the song God. and then died moments later. Oh, jeez. That's. That was how he died in the end. Hey, he had a good. He had a good career. He was too young when he died, obviously, but. It was an interesting way to go. He was so dedicated to the music and that song. He, he, that guy's incredible. Anyway, you should be teaching that song on ukulele. He don't play like he used to? That song? Sure. Oh, teach Tiny that Tim. song as well. Oh, yeah, oh, no, yeah, but tiptoe through Tim. the tulips. Oh, tiptoe. No, probably not. But who wants to <laughs> learn that? Who wants to learn he don't play like he used to on ukulele? Okay, well, well sure. So and you haven't played in it in a long time. No, but I also haven't performed. Like, this room, to play to this many people who are listening, is, like, such a gift to any songwriter. Shout out to the Nova Scotia audiences! Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Super this special. is a gift. This it is. is. A, this is the craziest crowd we've had yet. <laughs> yeah, okay, one person went crazy. Thank you. Thank you. Because everyone else was like... <gasps> Uh, uh, is that our cue to go crazy? Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you guys have been amazing throughout the in- entire night. Yeah. And Thank you. you are amazing, Sarah. Thanks, Zach. I want you to perform more often. I want you to go out and. Pl- I know you're really busy and you're very dedicated to like these people who are commissioning you to do things. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to see you play everywhere. Yeah. Well, if I could play in venues like this with. People that listen, I would do it every week. The Union Street <laughs> is a very unique venue. I must it is say. a very unique venue. Yeah. Have you played here solo before? Uh, yes, like pre-COVID. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you don't really perform with a band that often, do you? No, I mean I like accompany people, sing harmonies, play fiddle sometimes with people, but um, you're playing fiddle with Graham Nicholas. I am. Soon, aren't you? Yeah. The great Graham Nicholas, who's going to be on this podcast in a couple months. That's right, there you folks. Go. Yeah, so... And actually, Valmy. I really... Uh, Valmy and you used to sing a lot when Valmy and was I living in this province. And I miss her a lot. I miss her, too. We had, I, like, a weird, special harmony connection that I have not really found since she left, so... Wow. Yeah. Because you've never found that with anybody else? Not, not even not, me? Not in this... Uh, <laughs> don't put me <laughs> on the spot kidding. like that. Just kidding. Um... No, not not like we have. Like, there's so much love and care there, and mm-hmm. then just like listening. Like, you so gotta many listen videos to each of other. you guys giggling. Oh my god, we have song. such a good time. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't checked out Valmy's music, please check it out because I I love Valmy, and I can't wait to have her on this podcast. But I feel like we're gonna have to go to Newfoundland to get her on this podcast. Let's go, go, Let's do it. Go, child. Why are you waiting for the ash and <laughs> exactly. mud? Exactly. Why are we all waiting for the ash and mud? <laughs> I thought they were going to go crazy there again. but I don't know. No. I think they don't know what to do at this point. I, I feel like they're still very emotional from the past two songs. <laughs> they're sort of coping right coping, now. Yeah. 
I mean, just microdose. You'll be fine. Just experiment <laughs> with mushrooms and psilocybin. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm doing that thing where I put my own opinions into the podcast. No, I'm, I'm for it. Are talk, you? talk away. No, please. I want you to talk. That's why I invited you Oh, about well, I have been doing lots of talking. I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm going to pour you some water because... Oh, thank you. Sarah wanted some lemon in her water, and I was like, okay, I'm going to put it's an good for entire the lemon in the water. You delivered. I always try to. Yeah. So for future people who come out to this podcast, just know we always deliver. I can't, I can't get over the fact that we're just hanging out on stage. I'm sorry. We I know. At a certain point, I forgot that they were here. I was just like, oh, we're just talking right here. Yeah. yeah. Well, even when you were playing, I was just you're sort so of so nice. enthralled. Oh. Is it cool for you? Because I know when I'm, like, I've had the chance to sit in, like, songwriting circles, mm. and you're sitting on stage with someone as they're playing. And to me, because I like to be in the front row, that's, like, even better. It's so cool to just be able to. I mean, I feel, maybe you don't feel that way. But oh, I'm tempted. No, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it up here. No, I'm tempted to like take videos. I just want to. <laughs> I got the best seat in the house. I get to take yeah. the video of you. Yeah, no, I do that in songwriter circles too. I sneak videos of people from behind the songwriter. And yeah, they're terrible it's videos. It's a cool perspective. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, I mean, this whole experience has been unique, and I'm, I'm really appreciative that you took the time to come out. Thank you for having me. Your time it's is extremely valuable. Special. Yeah, but I get to spend time with you, Zach. It's great. So that's a good day, spending time with Zach Miller. Oh, friends. Pinching pennies in the dark. That's all I know. Okay. It's <laughs> no, a song called Old Friends by Roger Miller. <laughs> oh, yeah. We yes. played some Roger Miller songs, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. You taught one Roger Miller song to your ukulele. Oh, yeah, I did. But See, I, I don't know. I'm also really bad. Like, you know that about me when you say, do you know this person? Do you know the song by this person? And I, I'm like, no, I don't. Well, actually, while you were playing He Don't Play, do you know Hazel Dickens? Yes. You guys played me that song. What's the song called again? Uh, a Hazel Dickens song that sounds a lot like... Uh, he don't it, play it's like the same kind of theme of like people in old folks' homes being neglected. Yes. Yeah. And it's a really heavy song, and it's beautiful. But it I, is. Like, I'm pretty sure I wrote that song after I heard After, that song. really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's powerful because honestly, I get the same feeling from He Don't Play that I do from the Hazel Dickens song. Yeah, oh, I, think, what's it I think Fran showed me that one. Play Us Play a Waltz by yeah. Hazel Dickens. That song is heavy. Yeah, it's a good one. But yes, I feel like, again, you're able to channel that energy. And there's only so many songwriters in history that can channel that energy. Mm, so thank you. I just realized that this has been an hour and, and a half of me going, like, oh, Sarah, you're so great. <laughs> Please, go on. Go on. <laughs> yeah, see? They are here. Listen to how wild they are. Wild. <laughs> you got one more in you? I got, yeah, one more. Well, what are you going to play? I'm going to play a tune called Flowers. Flowers. It's also very, it's a theme song again. Um, I dated a guy a while ago, and for every situation, he brought me flowers. Every, every every situation. Like every bad situation? Like Any situation, he brought me flowers to the point where I was like, this is kind of losing its meaning. Of were like they different flowers? Special. Yeah, they were different flowers. But then one day, I after we had broken up, I came out to my doorstep and there was marigolds in, in the seed pods, like in the dirt still, to be oh. planted at my doorstep. And I was like, who left these flowers? It couldn't have been him. So it was a mystery for a while. I wrote the song and then found out it was my friend Carrie Ann. Oh, who dropped so off some flowers. To console you. 
Well, just because she's nice and she wanted to bring me some marigolds That's to plant my garden. Can I ask you, was he dropping off like um, like Superstore, like Loblaws yeah. flowers, yeah. like shitty yeah. grocery store flowers? Yeah. He didn't even go to an organic flower farm. He didn't even farm, go eh? to Two Birds, One Stone flower farm. farm. That's crazy. He should have gone to an organic flower farm instead of buying you poisonous flowers. And that's why we're not together anymore. Yeah, yeah. What? that guy is worry. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. All coming back. What a dink. Yeah. <laughs> Sir. So it is a very, it's themed with flowers. Did, so. you, did you do research for this? Um, a little, a little bit. No, I don't. Did I do research? I mean, I just was like, what are the flowers that I can incorporate right. into this song? So there's some controversy about what constitutes a flower, and I'd be interested to know how many flowers you think are in this song after... Ooh, do you yeah. mean tomato flowers? Well, you're going to have to see. What, the tomato's not in here, but... Fruit or vegetable? First uh, fruit. Seed. Okay, good. Yeah. There's seeds. Scientifically, there's yes. Oh. I just wanted to know opinion-wise, because some people are, <laughs> that's a vegetable. Um, okay. So how many flowers do you... I mean, I know how many I think there are, but I want to see how many they think there are. Okay, well, I mean, you're going to get a bunch of angry letters I've, after I've this. gotten some weird answers, like, well, that's a flower because it's a flower before it's processed into coffee, which coffee is not one of them, but that was like an argument that <laughs> I someone... I like that person's voice, by the way. <laughs> that's a flower because it's not yeah. it's a coffee bean. It's not a flower yet. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Okay, anyway, so, so this is this is, this is your this is the last song <laughs> Sarah's gonna play this evening. So I do want to say before you start, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for thank taking you, part Zach. in this weird experiment that is. It's a cool experiment. I can't wait to see how it grows. I think it's gonna be amazing. You're sweet. I'm gonna have you on again. Woohoo! I'll be friendly heckled anytime by you. Please, flowers. <laughs> used to bring me flowers as if they were coffee just pick them up on the way because you had thought of me once a dozen roses for an apology too elaborate i thought didn't quite feel like me the other day i found marigolds outside my door but now can't wonder if they're from you anymore with each bouquet you were colored benevolent like carnations dyed blue in a grade one experiment without you here your presence still filled my apartment we might have picked wildflowers up on the escarpment but the other day i found marigolds outside my door but now i can't wonder if they're from you We were the seeds of a dandelion spinning in the air. We might have grown if we found earth, but we didn't quite make it there. The day before we ended it, you left one last petaled gift. 
a pot of orange begonias with hopes to give my day a lift. Now through memories of flowers, we are left to sift, float on the breeze like those seeds set adrift. The other day, I found marigolds outside my door. But now I can't wonder if they're from you anymore. And when I plant them, will it be easy to ignore that I can't wonder if they're from you anymore? Everybody, keep it going for Sarah McKinnis. Absolutely. November 8th, Chris Robinson is going to be here. And then December 13th, we have Graham Nicholas joining us on stage. So that's November 8th and December 13th, right here at Union Street. How about a hand for the servers and for the wonderful Andy doing sound tonight? Thank you for coming. Thank, Thank you for you. coming. Please check out this podcast. Thank you for listening to everybody in the interweb. Uh, please rate, subscribe, all that jazz. Thanks for listening.